This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they live near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly on Wings and Things. Welcome to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Robin Chuokas. Barbara's on the road this week. And my topic is parrot ownership from a fresh perspective. I've been lucky enough to meet a young man named Cody Pinnell from Lindale, Texas. And Cody is um, the future of where we're going with, with positive reinforcement and enrichment and really looking at our birds from a holistic approach. And so Cody's really firmly entrenched in companion bird ownership. And today I'm going to talk to him and see if I can get some of his thoughts on it um, from a young man's perspective and how we can get other young people involved. So um, we will be right back after these messages. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other. Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back. Welcome back to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Robin Shawokas, and I'm here today with Cody Pinnell. Hey, Cody. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm glad you could be here. I met Cody um, at a workshop that Barbara and I were doing in Austin, Texas, and he had great questions and enthusiasm, and it was really nice to see somebody um, younger, I won't say a lot younger, because, you know, (laughs) you don't admit that, um, but who is really understanding and getting what the information that Barbara and I have been sharing and the whole positive reinforcement piece and, and how to really care for your birds and, and create a situation for them where they're 
being treated as they might be in the wild or coming as close to it as you possibly can. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Cody. Um, I, I graduated from Lindale High School back in May, and from there I went and did a stand at the Gabriel Foundation this summer. It was a lot of fun. Um, and now I've just finished my first semester of college at Tyler Junior College. Are you studying anything in particular? Um, right now I'm just a biology major. We'll see okay. what happens. Just a biology major. <laughs> wow. Okay. So is and is you know, I'm going to ask this question. Is that the direction you want to go? Is it? You know, right now it is, but I mean everything's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. Getting my basics out of the way. So I, I always tell people I had to get to this point in my life before I decided what I really wanted to do with my life and. And so it's okay, you know. That's what a lot of people tell me, too. I'm sure your mom wants to pin you down on, where are we going with this? <laughs> right. But, um, so what kind of birds do you have, Cody? Um, I have two lesser sulfur-crested cockatoos, one 16, one 17. Um, a yellow-naped Amazon, he's two-ish, something like that. And a Quaker, and she's about eight. Okay. And so what started this? <clears throat> you decided, okay, I'm going to get a bunch of birds, or how did that happen? Well, I was... Um, I wanted to volunteer at the local SPCA where I lived in El Paso, but they wouldn't take me because I was 14. So I went, um, I was watching TV one one morning, and I saw this program on adoption tales, or something like that, about the Gabriel Foundation and parrots, and I was like, oh, parrots, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any, I don't know anybody who does, but they seem very personable, and so I, um, called the local pet store, and they... <laughs> They had me call this restaurant and talk to this lady, saying, so because she knew somebody else who did birds, and that's how I got started with um, Mountain Vista Bird Haven. Got introduced to Kathy Harold. Okay, so so you started? Did you volunteer at Mountain Vista with Kathy, or I did. I actually volunteered with her for about a year before I ever got a bird. Okay, so. tell us a little bit about Kathy. I know Kathy <clears throat> um, is no longer with us, and you got an award. Um, yes, in in honor of Kathy, yes, and can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Kathy was a really remarkable lady. She taught me a a lot, a lot of stuff, pretty much almost everything I know, because she goes to events and all the time, all the Mm -hmm. time on the road, learning more, trying to better take care of the birds that she had, and um, she's placed quite a few birds in her um, her little rescue group. Um, It was really nice of her to take me in when she did, because nobody else would. Um, she had a lot of faith in me, and I really appreciated that from her. And she, she, she was really great, and she believed in positive reinforcement, and you know, yeah. really heavily enriching your, your animals and trying to get it back to nature as much much as possible. Um, she's just a really remarkable lady, really smart. Um, she's a whirlwind, though. My goodness, <laughs> she had lots of energy, lots, tons of energy. She could brighten up a room, you know. Yeah. She was just tons of fun. Well, I, I'm, I think we're really lucky that you got to know her oh because and i think it speaks to all of us that if we want this to continue we want this wave that's occurring in parrot care and training we need to those of us that that have been doing it for a while need to find somebody like cody who you can take under your wing pun intended and and you know move them along and give them that knowledge because you know quite honestly we're we're not all going to go on forever and we do need to to make sure that the next generation really knows you know where things should be headed, and I think I think there are quite a few people that have a have a good handle on that. But but we need to share it with more people. So so how about you know juggling things, Cody? I mean, you're in school. Are you do you, are you working or? 
Not currently. Okay. I work at the the pet store that we own in town. Okay. So. So how do you juggle school and the parrots? I mean, parrots are quite a bit of work. Yeah. It, they are. It's it it can be rough. Um, my mornings are the worst. I mean, okay. pretty much. I'm, I'm lucky that I still live in the, the house. So my mom takes care of the the morning feeding and stuff like that. She does that. I don't do the papers in the morning. It's pretty much I wake up. Um, Put the puppy outside, like 30 minutes, I get ready and do what I need to do and take care of everything else, feed the puppy and all that kind of stuff. Um, put her in her kennel so that we can go to school for a couple hours. Um, when I come back, <laughs> that's when things start getting more interesting. If it's warm outside, birds usually go out in the aviary. Um, then I clean their cage, take care of all that stuff, take the fresh fruit out, you know, put the new food back in, that sort of thing. And a lot of times while I'm doing my homework, I've got things hanging from the ceiling in my room and they're... <laughs> hanging out in there with me or they're in the living room with my brother and my mom and stuff like that so okay um yeah so it's a juggling act oh definitely when do you fit in training sessions with them anytime i can okay you know sometimes you're watching tv and you got a commercial break you got to go for it and yeah like i said that puppy too she she's i've got to give her attention as well um and the dogs too they all need to be little minds need to be worked as mm -hmm. well so i mean i've got four dogs and four birds and it's constantly you're either doing homework or you're reading something or watching TV and like sometimes you need a break from that and the birds need mm -hmm. the, the interaction of it and so which is brings up a really good point we've talked about this before in podcasts that you catch that time when you can you know if you find a teachable moment you take advantage of that if you've got the time or it, it doesn't always have to be at the same time right and since I'm in college um, sometimes my mom's out of town or my and my brother's gone too so there are honestly some nights when I I don't get home till like 11 or 12 at night, mm -hmm. or I don't get to sleep then. So <laughs> the birds don't go to sleep until then either. And so I get up at, I sleep a long time too, and so do they, and they're quiet, and they live. They, they're very true. adaptable. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've I think it's important to think, to go back to that naturalistic information that you have about your birds, that they don't always go to sleep. Yes, the sun, you know, but there isn't a time. Right. It, it, it's based on, you know, did they get back to the to the roost at this point, or when did you know what time did they leave? And but it's not so critically scheduled that if it doesn't happen at the same time every night at your house, right, it, it's not a crisis. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's really important. And um, did you when you got your birds? Are they? Did you research the different kinds of birds that you were going to get, or did they kind of fall into your lap? Actually, what happened was, is I PJ was my the first bird. She's a lesser silver crested cockatoo, and I I'd volunteered at Kathy's Mountain His Vista Bird Haven for probably a year before she even ever showed up. And Kathy has she she had a total of twenty birds, and probably like eight or so of them were um, up for adoption. Some of them were in sanctuary, and a couple of them were her own birds. So. I I had a lot to choose from, but none of them, you know, none of us really clicked, I guess, okay. per se. And it it was important to me that they, we would click and they would fit into my lifestyle. And I kind of, I guess, wanted a cockatoo, more or less. I don't know. There's a lot of them in rescue places, so I so figured, So the first you know, bird you had was? A cockatoo. A cockatoo. Yeah, at 15. Okay. Yeah. So we now know that Cody absolutely gets it because if he didn't, he would have no fingers and right. be deaf and all that. No, and she's really good. So I um, I knew I wanted a cockatoo and I'd done tons of research on them. Um, so I knew that's what I wanted and my little brother, he kind of wanted a bird too. So she actually came in with a little cockatiel who was 18 at the time. Um, not now. She's since passed because she got egg bound and 
it was really bad, but we ended up having to put her down um, due to that. But they came in together, so it kind of, you know, fate, uh-huh. I guess. It all just happened right at the right moment, and it all went really well. It was kind of funny, because I got her right the probably a week before I started my freshman year in high school. <laughs> like, just right a little busy, that's all. Yeah, So and she fit right in. Um, Kathy was great. I needed to borrow a cage from her for a while until I could, you know, get my own. It was kind of hard finding a cage where I lived. Um, but it all just worked out that way. And then my mom, um, did some research and she, she decided she wanted to get an Amazon. Um, and we looked and found Yellowknife's Amazon and he's been working out great. And the little Quaker, um, was for my brother after his little cockatiel passed probably a year or so later. Um, he got her and she's Marie. She's been working out great. She's a lot of fun. She's a good talker. So. Well, that's good. I think we're going to take a break here, Cody. And we will be back um, after these messages. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other. Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and things will be soaring back right after these messages. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories. Party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back. Welcome back to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Robin Shawokas, and I'm talking today with Cody Pinnell, um, a young man who has been a parrot owner for quite some years already. And he uh, has a very good understanding of a lot of the concepts that Barbara and I talk about. And we thought that he would be somebody that, that really could pique some interest in some of our younger listeners. So, Cody, um, now we're going to get to the, the meat of things. All right. All right. We know how you got your birds and how you juggle. But let's talk about your, your knowledge of training and enrichment. And what's your biggest accomplishment as far as your birds are concerned to me a lot of people think of it as you know a small task but to me one of my biggest accomplishments since i'm in um school is actually making the time to make sure that they get out every day and i know it seems kind of weird but it it's hard sometimes because you know everybody's like yeah we need to go out and go see a movie and i'm kind of like we got to do this first and then we can go it's 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 important to me so that's i think that's one of my biggest accomplishments and this is a big challenge too because it's a lot of temptation not to okay um so do they go when you say get do they are do they have free reign in your house are they flighted or they're they're all flighted except one of the cockatoos and that's just because 
I, I think she's mutilated the end of her feathers to the point that it's she won't be able she can't fly she okay. won't be ever be able to and it's not she came to me with this problem mm-hmm. and they'll they'll probably never grow in okay so she's pretty much naked she's grown some feathers in but that, yeah <laughs> but that'll probably be it for her forever which is fine it doesn't okay. bother me one bit so um, making sure that they get out and and do they do you have cages outside as well or I've got I've got an aviary out there that I've built okay. me and my me and my that grandparents you've built. built yes okay <laughs> There's a big accomplishment right there. Tell us about the aviary. Um, it's actually it was the neighbors. They had a, a dog, and they they ended up getting rid of it. And they were just gonna throw this the material away for their dog run. And I was like, "Hey, can I have that?" And they're like, "Sure." So I got the post, and I couldn't use chain link because it's too big. So um, me and my grandparents dug, you know, dug and concreted it in. Not all of it, just the post. Um, it's ten foot by twelve foot, and it's probably. Eight feet high or so, something like that. Okay. So it's not super big. Um, planning on adding another one here before long, nice. before spring, hopefully. So, um, yeah. Very good. So that is a huge accomplishment. How about what's your biggest challenge? Sprouting. Sprouting. Sprouting for my birds is a big challenge for me because it's another one of those things that's really time-consuming. Um, I have to remember it. M- me and my birds, we go through waves of sprouting. It's mm-hmm. like I'll go for a month on and. A week or two off or something like that. I, I guess maybe it's good for them because they don't get, oh, here's the sprouts again. Yeehaw. Okay. You know, they're like, ugh. But at least now they're like, oh, sprouts. Yum. You know? So they're, you're kind of being forced to vary what you're giving them. Right. Which is good. What kind of things do you sprout? What do you do? Oh, my goodness. Is it a... It's just beans. Okay. Different kinds okay. of beans. I, couldn't, I can't really think of any of the names offhand. Um, I've just got a list at home. Now, do you put food in the aviary outside? No. No. Just water. Just water. Yeah, that's okay. it. And they've got all sorts of things. I Grapevine. We have grapevine where I live, so I can just go out and, um, we live on a couple acres of land, so I can just go out there and cut some down and let it sit out in the sun, you know, and Great. spray it down and, yep, use that for a lot of things in the oh, cages. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Because I, I had spoken with um, a young lady from Portugal when we were in Austin, and she was saying that... A lot of um, the bottom of her aviaries are all um, dirt, or the majority of them yeah. are dirt. <clears throat> and so when she feeds her birds in the aviary, the seed falls down and it sprouts. And oh. so they then forage through the stuff on the bottom of the cage. That's cool. Which is very cool because yeah. that's pretty much what happens in nature. Right? right. You know, so, and I think, now have you listened to talks about sprouting and. I I have, yeah. I'm not very proficient on all that either. Okay. Not going to lie. Okay, no. No, that's fine. But sprouting is something that's really great, you know, for your birds. And for the ground foragers, you you can, you know, give them that that opportunity to do what they do naturally. You can, you know, it's a different kind of food. It's not always the same thing time and time again. So sprouting is a great thing to do for both nutritional purposes and for enrichment purposes. Right. So we we need to work on that. The your challenge there. Yes, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> actually, you're doing just fine. I mean, the, the fact that you're not giving it to them every single day is a good thing. Right. So. I mean, I'd get bored of it. Yeah. I ate the same thing every day. Sorry, you have to eat Taco Bell. Yeah, day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what's how about enrichment? What's your favorite kind of enrichment to give your birds? Um, I consider them going outside a really big enrichment because I mean we've got. There's wild birds and squirrels and all sorts of stuff out there. Um, deer sometimes. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of foraging things. Okay. The two cockatoos, um, actually all of them for the most part, they don't get 
uh, the only thing they get that's in a bowl is the fresh stuff. But mm-hmm. I and usually in the evenings I give them um, pellets. Okay. The uh, Zupreme and Rowdy Bush mix mainly Zupreme, um, and it's all hidden throughout the cage. I've um, they don't really chew on wood, but the, my one cockatoo, the first one, she loves to untie things. Okay. Loves it. So I've got like tons of leather strips that I just on the branches that are in her cage and stuff, and on the I just I constantly tying them up. They all, at the end of the day, they're all untied. I find a new place, tie them up again. She'll spend a lot of time untying things, hmm. not so much chewing. Okay, it's a okay. little different. So that's and this is the cockatoo. Yes, and it's interesting because I hear a lot of time, oh my cockatoo just destroys wood, it's gone, and so it would be very easy to make the generalization that all cockatoos like to chew big hunks of wood. Right, and that's not necessarily true. No, neither one of mine. It's actually the Amazon who's like a buzzsaw. <laughs> That's... I have heard that before, too, <laughs> but um, and it, and it, again, brings up a good point that you need to know your individual bird. Oh, definitely. You know, and uh, even your cockatoos are different, I, I oh, would assume. Def- yeah, oh, gosh, yes. Okay. Almost night and day. Yeah. One is, uh, she's all about, like, wanting to be petted all the time, and the other one, she doesn't, doesn't want you to pet her, but she loves to sit on you or near you, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but the whole... Every now and then, head scratch. She's like, "I'm cool." Okay. Yeah. And, and again, you know, that when you talk about the head scratch every now and then, you're allowing her that choice. Oh yeah. That it's not, you know, no, I'm Cody and I'm bigger than you, and I'm going to scratch your head whether you like it or not because I think it's fun. Right. Yeah. The other one, I have to. I'm. It's hard because I don't think in her previous ownership she was um did much except hang out on somebody all the okay. time. So it's that's another challenge is trying to keep her off of me and on different things and we're doing a lot of um i'm doing a lot of recall with her Mm -hmm. and she's getting getting to where she'll come to me and if i ask her to she'll go back to wherever she was from so that's that's, that was a lot of work (laughs) so training as an enrichment strategy and vice versa right i mean you're using enrichment to do training and and that's nice i mean in that it shows how they work together. Yes. You know, and, hand in hand, definitely. Yeah. And I, I have people say, well, I, you know, I don't do training, but I do enrichment. Or I don't do enrichment, but I do training. And I think you need to do Both. all of it. Yeah. yeah. It, it all needs to be there. So what's your most creative enrichment you've ever done? Okay. And I'm going to steal the idea. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I have, um, I found this, I guess it's a baking sheet. I don't know. It was in the kitchen. My mom had it. It's probably, I don't know, 14 by... 10 inches and it's got a little lips on the end of it and um i just got some river rocks and i put them in there and that's where she gets all of her pellets Very they're nice. all in there and some of them are there's some large ones probably softball sized mm-hmm. and some smaller ones that are probably smaller than like half an egg or something like that all in there so she doesn't get a bowl of pellets she gets that and then all the other various mm-hmm. knickknack things you know cups and sorts that kind of stuff um and then every day, the only bird who will not eat on the ground is the Amazon, which is kind of, you know, typical, not to generalize, because, you know, no, there are lots of Amazons that get on the ground, but mine in particular doesn't like it so much. But the other birds, every usually it change their papers at night or in the evening when they're out in the aviary, take up all the papers, put them back, and I'll just take like a handful of seed and toss it in the bottom of the cage. Okay. And they all go to town hopping down there. It's it, which is great, you know. And and people, I, I've mentioned this before that you can't. Well, you can, but people don't. You know, there's nobody out there cutting up the food in the wild. There's nobody putting in these nice, neat little bowls and putting in the exact same place every day. You know, and the fact that does your cockatoo really love the pellets? Um. Yeah. I mean, because I know they're a not lot like of, her favorite. All right. But 
But I know a lot of people have a hard time, or some people have a hard time feeding pellets. Right. All my bird won't touch them. They'll pick them around them, and that's what's left in the bowl. I know that's what Nikki, my kayak, does. It's right. like, okay, so there's only pellets. And for a long time, I used to take them away. Right. I'd go, oh, oh, he doesn't like these. <laughs> and I would take them away. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, if this is the only food there is, he's going to eat it. Right. I didn't deprive him, but, I, you know, you got to eat the It's like, you know, with my son. Um, you have to eat the pellets before you can have the cake. It, yeah. Not that I'm feeding the kayak cake. Let's clarify <laughs> that right here and now. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. These are the bad habits that I'm teaching Cody at this point. Um, but the fact that pellets may not be a favorite for your cockatoo, but that she'll work for him and she'll oh, yeah. forage through the river rocks shows you that that's part of what they are. They, they enjoy that activity. And, right. And um, I've found that she'd prefer that over... Eating out of the bowl, because yeah. she's. I've I've done things where I've given her the choice, and mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, the river rocks are scattered, and there you go. She's got the pellets, and I think it just takes a little bit of experience. I mean, you you've been doing this for a while now, but I think it, you just try out those new things with your birds and see if if does it work. And it's not going to work for everybody's birds. There no. there are birds that will, when you ask them to forage, will look at you like you're yeah okay, you are crazy, so not doing that. Um, that's what we feel like they say to us. Right. Um, it's probably just worth the food. But, um, so, you know, you try it out and, and I've said this before, don't make it brain surgery the first time out, you know, cause you don't want them to be hungry No. and don't put all their diet in to start with. Um, you can move up to that. I mean, I know a lot of people that feed their whole diet in foraging stuff. That That's, well, I wish, I wish I was that creative with the fresh stuff, but. For right now, it's going to be in the bowl. <laughs> okay, well, hey, I mean, you know, and that's, again, something that you want to maybe move towards. Right. But um, that An- sounds really good. Another thing that we do is um, there's some nights to where we'll go over to my grandmother's house and have dinner, and it's all four of our birds and all three of her birds, and they all have, like, these little plates, and they've all got their own little stands and everything, and they all get to eat dinner with us. There and they go. love that. And that's, I think that's a big enrichment thing, too. It's a big social thing, because birds eat all together in the wild. So. They do. Oh, you know, I don't know. Any of you that have been to my workshops know that you get Smarties when you... Yes. Cody would be having this big pile of Smarties <laughs> right here, right now. I mean, it is so true. And so you're addressing, you know, the social aspect of things with your family. You guys yes. are the flock. And right. that's that's so important. And people say, well, I'm not a bird. And I'm not... But you're part of that social group. You're part of the the living, breathing beings that your bird sees every day. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's really, really important. So, Cody, who's, let me ask you, um, influences in your your parrot life? Um, um, Kathy Harold. Yeah. Definitely. Probably the number one biggest influence yeah. that I've ever had. Um, um, Julie Murad mm-hmm. from the Gabriel Foundation was a really big one. Um, her and, and Patty Christie included, they... They kind of helped me along while I was there, and that I really appreciate because I learned a, a heck of a lot from them too. I mean, when you've got five hundred birds, you you do learn quickly. Yes, you, you have to learn quickly. Um, and all the staff there was really great, and they were super helpful to me as well. Good. Um, let's see, NPRPF. Uh huh. Their conference now. Um, NPRPF for those of you that don't know is um, National Parrot Rescue. NPR P- Preservation Foundation. 
I believe. I think so. Um, which is really horrible because, like Cody said, that's where we are right now. But NPRPF is, is this wonderful organization in Texas um, that does a lot of work with uh, rescue and with education about birds. And they hold a fabulous parrot festival um, yes. every year. Yeah, and their website is parrotfestival.org. There we go. Yeah. Um, what about, Cody, I know you have birds and you do a lot of work and you helped Kathy a lot with um, with rescue issues and things like that. What about conservation? Um, the Indonesian Parrot Project um, Bird Watch is one that I, I really like and support. Um, I guess I was attracted to it at first because I have cockatoos, you know, uh -huh. and they're from Indonesia. The lesser sulfur crested's are. So um, I usually, every year they're here at um, Parrot Festival, so mm -hmm. I go and I give them a donation or, you know, and I'll buy a shirt too. Yeah. So I kind of help out there. Um, and a bird endowment. Okay. With, um, yeah. Lainey Rickman. Um, I love, I love what they're doing with um, the blue-throated macaws and stuff. So I give them a donation every year as well. Um, might not be the biggest donation, but I mean, every little bit counts, I guess, you know. We are big bird endowment fans. It's, yes. Uh, yeah. They, they do wonderful things, as well as uh, Project Birdwatch. And I know we'll later on, um, I'll give you the websites for both of those. They, both organizations do have websites, and you can check them out. Um, how about advice for young bird owners, Cody? You know, um, you know I, I would have to say just get out there and do it. You know, I mean, not everybody, not everybody wants a parrot. Maybe you want, like, a toucan, toucanette, or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, don't be afraid to ask, get what you want. I mean, I... I wanted a cockatoo and did a lot of research and, you know, went out and that's that's what I ended up adopting. So that that's what I wanted. So, I mean, I would not be afraid to go out and do that. Um, find a local rescue group and see if you can volunteer there as well. Um, ev they could always use help. Always. Um, and I, they, I don't You think research is, I mean, it sounds like you, like you say, you did a lot of research. Yes. I mean, a lot of people would say a cockatoo is not a starter bird. No, I, yes, right. And I mean, if you want a macaw, who's to say you shouldn't? If you want a cockatoo, who's to say? Why Why should you start off with a smaller bird just because they're smaller? It's not any less of a bird. Right, and it's not any less responsibility. Exactly. Um, I think it's important, though, that people realize it, you need to fully research. Know yes. what you're getting into. This is not a... I'm going to have this bird for a couple of years and then I'm done, you know, it'll it'll die anyway. This is a lifelong commitment. Definitely. I mean, my it's kind of funny cuz my birds are almost the same age as I am. I'm 19 now and they're 16 and 17. Uh -oh. So, I mean, we're going to be headed to the same place eventually, <laughs> old nursing home somewhere. Um, Cody's going to start a nursing home for birds. For birds. What's going to happen? Yeah. There's the career path we've been looking for. I've got it now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I really want to thank you um for talking to us. What about getting involved i think that's the key definitely know? and and looking in you know young folks who want to be involved or if parents know of, of younger people that want to be involved find the local club yes. or you know and really make an effort to to get out there i met a young gentleman named cameron um who was here he was 10 I, well i shouldn't say he was 10 i'm not sure exactly how old he was but he was a young man and he has a cockatiel that he takes care of himself, um, and he listens to the podcast. Oh, his good. mom does, and and she's gonna you know put him on his iPod. And um, but he was really excited about you know what kind of things could he get for his bird, and and how could he you know take care of it. And that made I was so thrilled to see somebody that was his age that was enthusiastic and asking questions. And I think that's important too. Yes, all the questions that you can ask, and I mean there are. Um, 
there's a lot of good places to go to get information too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the internet's a good one. Um, I really like face to face with people though. Yeah. If you can go and find somebody um who has birds and you can talk to them, that's always good. Um, bird clubs. Mm-hmm. It's a good place and, to And, you go. know, just be careful where you're getting your information from. Yes. That, you know, there is some, some not-so-reputable information out there, and we just need to be careful, and, and you kind of have to research your research. Yes. We yeah. really like good bird. We, we, we do like good bird. <laughs> um, but, so, well, thank you very much for, for talking to me, and, you know, I hope this will inspire, um, you know, pe- young people to kind of get involved. And, like I said, we're not going to be out here forever doing this, and, and we really need you guys to, to step up and... And, you know, start doing some stuff that, that really will leave a mark and hopefully just carry on the wave and, and keep it rolling. So, Well, I appreciate you having me here. Oh, no problem. And I, yeah, I'm a big Cody fan. So. <laughs> um, some of the upcoming events I just need to share with folks is February 21st, um, Barb and I will be doing a day-long seminar in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's hosted by the Greater Cincinnati Bird Club. You can uh, visit www.gcbc. L-U-B, that's club, dot org, um, for more information. On February 22nd, I'll be speaking um, at an event hosted by Cleveland Peace from 2 to 5 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Twinsburg, Ohio. February 24th through the 28th is the International Association of Avian Trainers and Educators Annual Conference. Both Barbara and I will be speaking um, you can visit uh, IAATE.org for more information. On March 14th, Barbara's going to be presenting a day-long seminar, Parrot Behavior and Training Workshop in Dallas, Texas. Uh, that's, uh, you can visit www.bird-haven.org for more information. On March 28th, Barbara will be in Old Saber, Connecticut for a flight training seminar that's hosted by Featherless Farm Bird Store. You can visit www.featherlessfarm.com. April 18th and 19th, uh, Barbara will be in Barrie, Ontario, Canada for a parrot behavior and training workshop. She will then be in Finland uh, May 9th, May 10th, um, again in Finland for a flight training workshop, May 16th and 17th uh, in France for a parrot and training workshop, and in May she'll be in Portugal, May 23rd and 24th in Portugal for a parrot behavior and training workshop. May 29th to the 31st is our best parrot conference in Edison, New Jersey. Uh, it's very exciting. People are, are registering, and um, we've got you know some real uh, buzz going on. Uh, BEST stands for Behavior Enrichment Science and Training, and you can check that out at bestparrotconference.com. And on June 20th, Barbara will be in Madeira, California, doing a parrot behavior and training workshop hosted by the Santa Clara Valley Canary and Exotic Bird Club. Um, August 5th through the 9th is the American Federation of Aviculture Conference in Houston, Texas. August 8th through the 15th is the Association of Avian Veterinarians Conference in Milwaukee. And September 19th, uh, Barbara will be doing a parrot behavior and training workshop in Clayton, California. It's hosted by Roddy's Feed and Country Store. And October 24th to the 31st, um, Robin will be speaking along with Laura Joseph and Dr. Joseph Marcy on the Parrot Lovers Cruise. And you can check out baldmantravel.com for information on that. Um, Some websites we'd like you to visit. The um, Cody had mentioned Project Bird Watch, and they have a website. It is www.indonesian-parrot-project.org, and then the Bird Endowment. Um, had the, it's birdendowment.org. You can visit them. There's another really cool site that, that's up and running. It's avianenrichment.com. You should check it out. Lots of great resources on enrichment and articles and things like that. And you know, as always, goodbirdinc.blogspot.com and goodbirdinc.com and theleatherelves.com. In fact, theleatherelves.com are going to be selling 
for the first time direct to the public online, um, hopefully at the beginning of the end of February. So that's where we're at with that. And um, my enrichment tip of the week is rotation. You know, Cody talked about kind of changing things and the, what the, the birds are looking at. You really don't want to create cage furniture. You don't want something that's just going to be there all the time. It, it ceases to be stimulating at that point. So it looks like I'm out of time. Um, if you would like to get in touch with Barbara or I, if you have suggestions or questions, you can contact us at robin at petliferadio.com or barbara at petliferadio.com. And if you would like transcripts of this show, please visit www.petliferadio.com. Bye-bye. Join us every week on Wings and Things and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com.